You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 2, Episode 4, One Taste. We're not taught anything about relationships or about sexuality. And so when I learned about orgasmic meditation as a practice, uh, it made a lot of sense to me. As I do it as a practice every day or every couple days, I'm seeing that I'm better able to connect and be intimate with people than I was before. As, as men in this world, we're kind of taught not to feel. Just having emotions is a sign of weakness. And now emotions make just as much sense, sense to me as logic does. Before Om, I had good relationships and I had pretty good sex but there was kind of a predictability to it. And what I really wanted was the dynamicism that Ohm brought. I remember my first Ohm, it felt like surfing. It was like there was ups and downs and peaks and valleys and I was like, wow, this is the excitement I was looking for. When we say orgasm, it's, it's all of it. So it's the, the first time your cheeks get hot or you start to sweat, all of that is orgasm. And I think focusing on orgasm instead of climax makes the whole process more interesting and dynamic and fluid. It's like being lit from the inside out. You're listening to a promotional video for a group called One Taste. And One Taste's promise was to unlock your sexuality and your orgasmic potential through a practice called orgasmic meditation. What a lot of people found when they joined the group, though, was that it put a high demand on their time, energy, finances, and often they felt pressure to perform sexual acts against their better judgment, and often in service of the group. Many of these allegations came to light in an article that was published in Bloomberg, written by Ellen Hewitt, and Ellen joins us today. Welcome, Ellen. Ellen, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Can you explain what One Taste is? One Taste is a sexual wellness company that has been around for about 15 years that teaches at its core a a wellness practice that they call orgasmic meditation. Basically, the, the company One Taste teaches courses, sells courses to teach people both how to do orgasmic meditation and how to incorporate it into a larger lifestyle. They have a a wider philosophy about how to live a life that's more connected with your desire, better in line with your intuition, increasing your connection to your body and your sexuality. And and that's kind of the, the larger focus. And then orgasmic meditation, which is a practice that the woman who started One Taste, uh, really popularized and made official, is a 15-minute partnered clitoris stroking practice where you have one partner, usually a man, uh, sitting down in a very prescribed way 
and stroking with one finger. Um, and usually the hand is both wearing a glove and has a little lube on it and you stroke the clitoris in a certain way for exactly 15 minutes, no more, no less. It's almost like their yoga practice, right? So they, this is something that they expect and would prescribe you to do every day or maybe multiple times a day as part of your journey to understanding more about yourself. How did you first become aware of this group? I actually read an article about One Taste in 2013, written by a woman I know named Natasha Tiku, and it ran in Gawker, and I believe the headline is My Life with the Thrill Clit Cult, and I, re- I really recommend it. It's very good. Natasha is very brave, and she attends a three-day conference that's hosted by One Taste, and I remember reading the story and being totally shocked and very intrigued by what was being described here. You know, they, she meets all these people. She sees Nicole Dejon, the woman who started One Taste. She's kind of the guru and the head of it all. She sees Nicole Dejon um, speak. She, I believe, sees her um, stroke another woman's pussy. Pussy is a term that they use a lot um, to describe a woman's general, um, her genitals. And they also, uh, the terms go in and out of a favor, but for a long time, they referred to women's pussies and men's cocks as sort of the overall genital collection, one would say. Um, so, so I read Natasha's story. It was, it was really amazing. I didn't think about them for a long time after that. And then in late 2017, I actually had a representative of the company reach out to me and ask if I was interested in writing about them. It was sort of pitched to me as a um, you know, women-led startup in the wellness and sexuality space, and was I interested? And I remember it rang a bell, and I was like, "Oh, I know these people. They're the orgasmic meditation folks." So I said yes, and I was said I would take a meeting. Actually, around the same time, I I ended up having a conversation with somebody about their experience in one taste, and it was the first time that I heard somebody describe how negative an experience it had been, how difficult it had been to extract themselves from the group how much money they had spent on courses, how much they regretted that, how turned over their life felt when they left, all these things. And and it really opened my eyes to a whole other side of this group, which I think, you know, they've been written about a lot in the past just because the the interest is so, you know, unusual. The What they do is so fringe in a way that people are obviously interested to know more. And of course, it has to do with sex. And so people are interested. But there was more of a high demand life beyond just orgasmic meditation. And so that really started me down a path where I, you know, I talked to more people who had had experiences with them. Other people referred me to other people. And it was fascinating. I felt like every time I talked to someone new, I was getting this fuller and deeper picture of human need, right? Of, of what was driving these people to want to join a group like this and, and with such abandon, right? These were people who I learned over time, many people would leave the home where they were living and move into a house with other one taste people in order to become more fully integrated with the group. They would sometimes leave their jobs and start working for one taste. They often this put up barriers between them and their family, either explicitly or implicitly because the family didn't understand why they were spending all their time and money pursuing this lifestyle. The overarching thing I ended up feeling often when I talked to these people was that I could totally understand how they started down this path. It, it felt I wouldn't call myself a hippie, but you know, I, I have 10 roommates. I live in a sort of commune-ish home. Like my home setup sounded very similar to, similar to some of these group houses that One Taste people lived in. This is a group of people who alternately were very for monogamous marriage, but sometimes also spent time 
exploring polyamory. That's obviously very common among my friend group and my social group. Like it just didn't feel that far away from my regular life. I think that's part of why I was so interested in it. And yeah, I was really moved by the stories that people told me about their experiences. For a long time in the press, anytime you saw One Taste, it was in regards to some kind of tech success story or it was the Silicon Valley darling. The founder famously did a TED talk that has received over half a million views. It seems like a lot of the press was very credulous and that they weren't really asking any questions about what was behind this group. Totally. Uh, And this is part of how One Taste wanted to frame orgasmic meditation. They said it would be alongside practices like yoga, like meditation, and they would also have orgasmic meditation. You're right, there's a very um, well-viewed TEDx talk in which Nicole Daydone gives, and, and to be clear, she's a very compelling speaker, and she gives this whole origin story of how someone showed her this practice and how it opened her eyes. And the thing is, what they're describing, as you said, is is very powerful for the modern woman. The whole idea around orgasmic meditation is that a woman should have the opportunity to learn to receive pleasure, to receive attention in a way that is separate from any expectations around reciprocation to the person who's doing it to her, around any sort of romantic relationship to that person, around owing anything. You know, in the ideal sense, when you do an OM, which is what they call a session of orgasmic meditation, OM, when you do an OM, the idea is in some ways to make it not a very sexual process. So the woman, the man is generally fully clothed. The woman is generally naked only from the waist down. She lies down on this, what they call a nest, which is tends to be a yoga mat with pillows for her knees to rest on. She lies down, she butterflies her legs open and the, and there's no like kissing or touching ahead of time or after it's very separate. She's, she doesn't have to do anything. She doesn't have to, make sounds or communicate with the partner if she doesn't want to and you can just receive 15 minutes and it doesn't matter if you have a traditional orgasm or not um you can just lie there and receive this and when it's over you're free one of the interesting things that one taste does is they redefine what the term orgasm means so obviously based on the idea of orgasmic meditation they're very involved in the concept of orgasm but they say that sort of what we traditionally think of as an orgasm, they call it a climax. And they say that it's kind of short-lived. It's really not um, it's fleeting. It's not that satisfying. And instead, they redefine orgasm to mean this broader state of being aroused and being sort of in tune with your body, in tune with your desire. And they often write it with a capital O. It, it, orgasm within this group takes on a meaning of something almost divine. There are a lot of conversations people have where they're like, well, what is, you know, if they're trying to make a decision, someone will ask them, like, well, what is your orgasm telling you to do, right? So it, it goes beyond what we think of as a, a, you know, a climax that you might feel in your body and your mind. One thing that they do that I think is very smart is by redefining what orgasm means, they, they teach you that every woman can experience orgasm, obviously, as they define it. And there are a lot of women who are really drawn to one taste who have had trouble experiencing regular orgasm. Um, maybe they have a history of trauma or maybe there's something physical going on or, or just they don't know. But this was a common theme, theme among women I talked to who felt like there was some part of their sexuality they couldn't reach. Um, maybe it was having an orgasm, maybe there's something else, and that this practice would help them do it. And I think actually many people who even feel like 
one taste, the group was very hurt them in whatever way they want to think about it. Uh, they, they do think that orgasmic meditation has a lot of value. And so I think it's important to talk about, yeah, why was it so attractive? And, and this is really at the core of it. I think for, you know, the way Nicole puts it in her TED talk, she says the modern woman is really like, I eat too much, I shop too much, you know, I work too much and, and I do all these things. And yet at the end of the day, I'm still hungry. I'm still missing something. And, and this practice, she says, can help reach that hunger for connection that's deep inside all of us. So I think for a lot of women, it's it's an option to explore sort of sex without the weight of all the things that usually go around sex or experiencing pleasure or that kind of thing. So for many women, it can feel very freeing. And then on a slightly more meta scale, they, they talk about how this can help us all connect to each other. And what person doesn't want connection and then intimacy and community in their life? Like, that's that's why it has such a pull. That's why it's so attractive. And and as you mentioned, there have been a lot of people who have spoken out about how you know how great an idea this is, right? Including uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Goop has actually run several stories on orgasmic meditation. Um, it, it's pretty in line with what the Goop reader might be interested in. So I'm not surprised. You're you're right. It did it did have this sense of like a very forward thinking, progressive, women led, small revolution in sex. Like what if you could experience pleasure without without pressure? Explain to me the reality for some of these people that came forward to you. Everyone obviously has a, a different story, but you know the one I like to talk about, um, and she was actually the the main connecting thread in our in our magazine story about one taste. Her name is Michal. Um, part of why I like telling her story is I think it's really relatable. She found out about one taste in her late twenties. She was living in New York City. She was like an assistant to a teacher at a Jewish school. She had just broken up with somebody. She was feeling a little lost. She ended up at one of these sort of weeknight gatherings that One Taste used to host called turn-ons. And they've been called different things in the past, sometimes in-group and things like that. And they're presented as, you know, maybe it's like $10 to attend and they're going to play connection games. They're talking about connection and intimacy. Um, and and it, it seems like pretty, pretty benign, maybe kind of interesting, certainly something that I would consider going to. And so she shows up and she, you know, they play these games and and she's talking to these people and she has this reaction that I found was really common among other people who get involved in one taste which is she meets the people who are putting on the event and she thinks to herself wow these people really seem happy they're very radiant they have something like whatever they're having I I want it Uh, they they seem to project this kind of certainty about themselves comfort with themselves and and this sort of like happiness and sort of this like very calm sexual energy and and it's very attractive to people she thinks to herself wow like these people are really cool they're super into yoga they like to eat healthy i'm really interested in getting to know them maybe these are people who i could become friends with to unlock the rest of this episode visit patreon.com forward slash k-a-r-e-n-g-e-i-e-r it's only five dollars to unlock over 20 hours of content